day. Welcome in. It is the Bill Michaels show. I am Ben Kenny. Bill will be along the way today at 11. He is filming a Pella windows and doors advertisement in his house as we speak. I'm sure we will hear more about it uh, as we did yesterday. A lot of a lot of Bill talk about makeup on the show yesterday. I wonder how that experience actually went. If you were listening, maybe you heard uh, this little bit. Make makeup, makeup. So I don't know. We'll hear more about that as the day goes along. Bill will be along the way at eleven. Take us the rest of the way on this football Friday, a a prediction Friday. Packers, Badgers, big time matchups this weekend. Both teams trying to get over a hump, if you will, that they haven't in a while. On Wisconsin side, Ohio State. Twelve years since their last win against the Buckeyes. That one came at home. It's been even longer since they won down there in Columbus. They a tall task on Saturday, to say the least, with the night game there in the shoe. And the Packers, it's a similar deal, right? You get the Bucks. Obviously, the NFC Championship game a couple years ago. It's a hump for this Rodgers and LaFleur uh, combo that the Packers have not been able to get over. So it's a big week of football. It's kind of a, a narrative-changing week, if you will. Where when you look at both matchups, uh, wins, obviously, when you talk about Wisconsin, that changes everything with this team, right? Now they're 1-0 in Big Ten play. Now maybe you feel better after the loss to Washington State. But with the Packers, given how they started the season, and we always kind of circled this game in Tampa, you know, maybe it'll be a loss. Rodgers doesn't play well in Florida, all that stuff. But a win, and if the offense looks good, even with a wide receiving core that obviously still has a ways to go before it's dominant, without maybe David Bakhtiari still, though with Elton Jenkins back, if the Packers go and win this game, I think that does also change the narrative around this team where instead of, say, October or uh, mid-October, November, when this team really clicks and gets into it and goes and runs away with the North, maybe that happens earlier. Because, I mean, without a doubt, it was an impressive win against the Bears last Sunday. But still, they aren't where we expected them to be or where we expect them to go yet this season. Yet, I definitely feel confident about them getting to that point. A win this weekend does make me believe that they are, they have arrived, if you will, or they have returned to the top of of the North. And it's a North, I mean, the Vikings lose in Philly. I'm not saying the Vikings are going to go win the division. I think just when we look at this Packers team, Sunday's game is is pretty big. And there is the whole Rodgers in Florida thing that I mentioned. The line on this game. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had been sitting at two and a half, three point favorites throughout much of this week as Vegas opened the line. Then we get the news that Mike Evans is suspended. They upheld that suspension. And then we look at the practice report over there in Tampa. Their left tackle Donovan Smith is limited. We don't know if he will play after hyperextending his elbow in Dallas week one. And we also look at their receiving core, Chris, God- Chris Godwin and Julio Jones, pretty much their only other legit veteran receivers, both missed last week. They are both limited throughout this week in practice. There's a real scenario out there that they don't play come Sunday. So the line has moved in wake of all this news down to even. It's a pick em. Packers at Bucks, which I mean is odd given Rogers history in Florida and kind of how a lot of people view this game. The Packers strength is Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon in the run game. And then Rogers obviously playing off that the Buccaneers real strength is that run defense uh, with Vita Vea, all those guys up front, Devin white at linebacker. So that line has dropped down to even we're talking about the game throughout today. Again, bill will be back here at 11 
We have a loaded show coming up. We will hear from Matt Mitchell, our gambling guy from the Action Network, coming up at 10.50. Pete Doherty from the Green Bay Press-Gazette joins the show at 11. Greg Allman of The Athletic covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He will join the show at noon. We'll learn a lot more about where the Bucks stand on the injury front when we hear from him coming up. And then Mike Clemens with us for the final hour of the program. So a lot of football today. It's a football Friday. It is a prediction Friday. 877-867-1670 is how you get a hold of the show. Your predictions for this weekend. Uh, in Wisconsin's sense, it's really about can they cover? Can they keep it close? Can they give you confidence going throughout the season that they will still be a contender in the West? Because if they just go down to Ohio State and get boat raced coming up on Saturday, I think legitimate concerns can continue to be brought up about what this team can be. If they go and keep it close, and if they lose by seven or eight, it's a, it's a point in the loss column. And you never want that in Big Ten play, to start Big Ten play especially. But there is still the opportunity to go into the game, maybe fall short against one of the nation's best teams playing on the road at night. We could still see things that make us feel better about this team going forward. So Wisconsin sense, will they cover the Packers given it's a pick them and it's a pretty big game for both sides. Do the Packers go down to Tampa and win 877-867-1670. I'm on Twitter at Ben Z Kenny as well. Prediction Friday. So I'm going to start it off. We're going on the record and we'll get into the matchup as this hour goes along. And then Bill will continue that coming up here at 11 o'clock. When I look at this Packers Bucks game, I'm not going to lie to you. It's one of those games going into the season. I circled as, you know what? I don't feel good about them going into this environment. We heard Aaron Rodgers earlier this week talk about the field there in Tampa. That's always given him trouble and him in Florida. It's weird. It just doesn't really click. Obviously the last year Jacksonville game, uh, the Saints game in Jacksonville, excuse me. But even when Aaron Rodgers has gone to play the Jaguars, uh, some poor Jaguars teams, it's, it's one of those deals where it never, they never fully click. So I don't feel great about the Packers chances. I'm not going to lie to you, but that does make a win even that more impressive. Um, I, I think the team continues to progress when it comes to getting receivers the ball. We saw it last week, especially Sammy Watkins there late in the game. That's something this offense, if it can develop, that's big news going forward for this team. If they can have a legitimate deep threat and have that play action threat. So I think we see things with the Packers uh, that continue to make us feel better, but I just don't feel great. Like the Buccaneers are the best in the NFL uh, around the best at defending the run. So even if you're giving the ball to Jones and Dylan constantly, it's one of those deals where you're playing into that strength. It's a matchup that if the Packers win, I think they do win. However, on the other side of the ball, if Brady has no weapons and we know Brady can, he, he's made it work with whoever throughout his entire career. So uh, we saw Dallas, Micah Parsons, especially give Brady a lot of fits week one. And that offense looked bad. And then he went down to new Orleans and won. Winston threw a lot of picks. Brady didn't look good in that game either. And the offense as a whole definitely did not. This Packers defense has to play to the level that the saints did last week. We're talking about Devondre Campbell. We're talking about Quay Walker. I saw Matt Schneiderman of The Athletic covers the Packers tweeted this out. Good piece on The Athletic previewing this game, storylines to watch, receivers, all that stuff. His tweet reads, and this is a big storyline entering, the Packers only missed 101 tackles last season. And Devondre Campbell being a, a stalwart and inside linebacker, big part of that stat. Through two games, though, and you can go back to the Chicago game to look at this, the team's on pace to miss 170. 
So where has things changed so far or what do they need to improve upon? It's in the tackling department. So the big keys to me on defense, will Devondre Campbell, will Quay Walker step up and be great against Leonard Fournette, be great against uh, Scotty Miller or Cole Beasley over the middle? It's those tackling issues that it didn't really plague them last week because they beat the Bears. But we saw when David Montgomery is ripping a 22-yard run on third and 18, a lot of that can you can go back to tackling. And Quay Walker's flashed. Like We have seen the athleticism. But there also are some rookie moments where maybe he gets stuck in the pile instead of navigating around to meet a running back in a hole. Things like that. Uh, that's how the Packers defense is going to have to succeed. I don't feel great about this game, though. I'm not going to lie. It's just uh, Brady and Tampa. It's, it's a weird spot for this Packers team. My official prediction is the Bucks 24, the Packers 20. And that I reserve the right to change that throughout the show today. But where we stand, and we'll see whether Bakhtiari plays, we'll see the injury stuff. That's where I stand today before we get all the practice reports. Uh, And another big thing for this game, and I'll expand upon this coming up in a bit, is can this Packers team play from ahead? This is a contest more than any where I think whoever connects on more big plays in the passing game will win because Brady's working with little to no receivers and this Packers passing offense. Rodgers has weapons and hopefully he can get them the ball. It's one of those deals where two great defenses, two solid running games, a lot of the defensive strategy will be honing in on those running games. It really feels like whichever team connects on more big passing plays, whether it's a long third down, whether it's an explosive touchdown, an explosive play on first and 10, it's those kind of things I think will change uh, this game. And then if the Packers can play from ahead, that's really how this team has to win given what they have right now and what the Bucks have. Like this Bucks team without the receivers, they're not equipped to play from behind. Brady can manage his way, right? When the Bucks, if they are ahead, they can run the ball. He can dink and dunk down the field. But can Brady with no receivers move the ball successfully in a two-minute drill or when they really need to? So those are the, the big things I'm watching. And we'll get into the matchup as the day goes along. Wisconsin-wise, I mean, can they score enough with Ohio State? That's the big question. I don't think the Badgers win on Saturday. I think they cover. I think they do enough to keep the game close and give us confidence going throughout the rest of the year. I think Graham Mertz looks really good again and really makes us feel like he is. He has taken the step, and he is that legitimate quarterback this team needs. But talent-wise, I mean, the disparity is just too large for me to pick the Badgers in this one. So I, I think Ohio State 34, Wisconsin 17, Bucks 24, Packers 20. But I think there will be lessons come Monday. I think we'll go on the show. Uh, and Bill will start it off. And I think we will have positive things to say about the trajectory of each team, even though it might be a point in the loss column. So that's where I stand today. 877-867-1670. I can take your calls coming up next segment. Predictions for this weekend. It is a action-packed football weekend. We're talking to Matt Mitchell of the Action Network coming up at 1050. Action Network app uh, podcast as well. He'll preview all of these games we're talking about, as well as his best bets for the weekend. He's been crushing it every time he's come on the show thus far. Bill, again, will be back at 11 o'clock to take us the rest of the way. Pete Doherty, Green Bay Press Gazette coming up at 11. Greg Allman talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming up at noon. And then Mike Clemens rounding out the show 
at 120. So that is all to come. It's a football Friday. Can take your predictions and so much more when we return and as we move throughout this hour. Again, 877-867-1670. That is the number to get a hold of the program. We'll get into the matchups. We'll look at some of the storylines. We'll monitor some of the injury stuff. So much more is coming up next. I am Ben Kenny. Bill is back in about 45 minutes. It is the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back in. It is the Bill Michaels Show. I'm Ben Kenny, taking you up until 11 o'clock. At that point, Bill will join. Again, a uh, Pella Windows and Doors ad being filmed at the Bill Michaels household. He will have more on that, I'm sure, as we go throughout the show today. 877-867-1670. I'm on Twitter at Ben Z. Kenny as well. Football Friday predictions for this weekend. It's an on the record kind of Friday as well, because I a lot of it. It's a weekend, I guess. I don't know how to phrase this exactly. It's a weekend that sets up for a lot of interest in both directions, where there obviously is this scenario that both teams in this state have miraculous wins and and wins that really change the trajectory of seasons. Right. There also is the scenario where maybe the losses are close and they're not expected, but you're able to explain it, and it's not necessarily a, a massive disappointment, if that makes sense. I, I think there's a legitimate scenario where that happens. There's also a third scenario. It is the uh, what I like to call the boat race scenario, where if Wisconsin goes to Ohio State, gets manhandled, gets absolutely blown off the field, that changes many things for the negative. Can same, I can say similar things about the Packers. Uh, But the Packers, like you think back to week one, and I know this is playing the what if game, but the score, uh, what was it? 27 to seven looks a lot worse than that game actually was where the Packers get stood up on the goal line. There are many little things within that game that went the other way. The game script did not help. There's obviously the drop touchdown on the first offensive play of the game. So I, the narrative isn't negative at this point. Like they're in a fine spot. We saw what happened last year, but I think big potential for the positive, and obviously it could go the other way as well. So what's your prediction for this weekend? Can take calls, 877-867-1670. The injury report, where we stand today. Questionable for the Green Bay Packers includes Christian Watson, wide receiver. Yesterday they had pretty much nobody practicing. It's like Samori Torre, Romeo Dobbs. They rebrought Travis Fulgham, uh, to the practice squad. Uh, Randall Cobb is also questionable. David Bakhtiari, obviously questionable. That's the big story. Will he suit up? There's a conspiracy theory going around now. There's a video of him practicing yesterday, which was a a positive development, no doubt. Kind of a surprise. Matt LaFleur has been eh, short at the podium, is what I would say. And he said, we'll see about Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari practices, and he's going into his pass sets, and he's doing so looking to the right as if to simulate what do we do on the road when the crowd is loud, practicing for the silent count, looking for the ball movement 
instead of maybe uh, doing it where he's not looking to where the center would be. So conspiracies out there that that means he's playing. I don't know. It's one of those. I'll believe it when I see it kind of deals from him. Mason Crosby is also questionable as well as Kenny Clark. David Bakhtiari being uh, the big, uh, the biggest cue on the questionable, if you will. Over to the Tampa Bay side, Chris Godwin and Julio Jones, both questionable dealing with injuries. We'll hear from Greg Allman at noon. He'll give us the update on both of those guys. Haven't practiced uh, much of this week. Leonard Fournette is questionable as well. I believe he will definitely play. And then Russell Gage and Brashad Perryman. I think both of those guys will be good to go. It's a matchup with this Tampa Bay team. And I'm going to give you a couple stats here that make me feel good about this game and make me feel good about where the Packers stand. So it's lining up on Sunday. It's going to be a big phone booth type of game, right? Where both teams have good running games. Both teams are semi depleted on the outside. And when teams have played Rogers, Peter Bukowski had this yesterday, AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones, they have yet to attempt to run with eight or more defenders in the box. Meaning the opposing defenses are not just honing in on the running back. They are still petrified of Aaron Rodgers throwing the football and rightfully so. So it's not as if teams are just loading the box and giving the Packers all they want on the outside. But still, I would say this Packers receiving core, while it has a lot of potential, it's maybe not where we want it to be yet. And then you look at the Tampa Bay side with all the injuries they have and the Evans suspension, which I mean, has moved the line drastically mentioned it last segment. That's down to even at this point. It's one of those deals where this game feels like it's going to be played in a phone booth. All about the the offensive line play in the middle. All about running the football. Maybe getting play action off that. Ball control. Uh, a lot of field position kind of stuff. So when I look at a contest like that, how does a team flip the trajectory? Aside from turnovers, which is the obvious. If you win the turnover battle, I don't know the percentage, but it is quite high. Like You will win the game if you win the turnover battle. But how, how does a team flip the field how does the team change the trajectory of the football game the answer is big plays and while the Packers uh, didn't look great week one and then look good again week two there are there's one team actually there's not multiple there is one single team ahead of them so far in big plays and that is a pass of over 20 yards or a rush of over 10 yards the Detroit Lions lead the NFL they have had 19 through two weeks the Packers are tied with the Eagles and the Browns right there at second. They have connected on more explosive plays than I think we have all realized, or at least when we talk about, you know, where this team can go and maybe what's been falling short so far. They've had 18, 10 of them running the football and then eight of them passing. One of the big ones, obviously the Sammy Watkins catch from last week at the end of that game, the game was already kind of over, but to definitely ice it and get into position to make it a three score contest. So the fact that the Packers are near the top of the NFL in explosive plays, it's something they're going to need really need on Sunday against Tampa. And it makes me feel good that number one, it's Aaron Rodgers, but two, this offense still has the potential to be explosive. And while maybe there are moments where it isn't clicking on all cylinders and maybe there are moments where you want to see more uh, efficiency. Maybe you want to see the ball in Aaron Jones's hand more, which they did a great job of last Sunday. Let's say even Tampa goes and they do as much as they can to take Aaron Jones out of the game. It's Aaron Rodgers back there. And the fact that this offense has been able to connect on explosive plays, that could be what flips the trajectory of this game come Sunday. So I, that makes me feel, feel good. Not great. 
the Florida thing, I don't know how to really explain it with Rodgers. But when we look at the numbers of this matchup, both teams, Packers and Bucks, have played kind of different games. The Bucks last week, it was a dogfight against the Saints. I think it was a 3 nothing game at halftime. And then Winston just starts throwing picks left and right. One of them was a pick six. So far through two games, 19 and a half points per game per Tampa. They have only allowed six and a half. That defense has been ferocious. However, it was against a Dallas offense that looks quite poor so far and lost Dak Prescott. And then a Saints offense that I don't know how to explain it really. Like they have talent. Winston has a lot of guys on the outside. They have good running backs. It's one of those deals where both teams, I feel like Saints and Bucks, they just have each other's number. So six and a half points allowed per game. That number pops out uh, 313, excuse me, total yards per game on the Tampa side, 201 passing yards, 112 rushing yards so far. Brady has, I saw this stat earlier this week, out of all of the quarterbacks that have started and played every snap through the first two weeks in the NFL, he has the fewest passing yards. And part of that you can throw at, you know, the Dallas defense, Micah Parsons getting after him. Part of that is the receiving core and the injuries there. Part of that is a really good Saints defense and playing at home. But Brady has has not been great. He's definitely been flustered. And plus that offensive line in the middle, they've been decimated by injuries. Donovan Smith as well, their left tackle, might play, might not play. But the offense as a whole, you're able to pressure this Tampa Bay team. So that's where Rashawn Gary comes in through the gut is what really gives Brady trouble. That's Kenny Clark. That's all the guys there in the middle. And then maybe it's Joe Barry scheming pressure, right? Like we saw what happened to the Vikings in Philly on Monday. We saw what didn't happen to them when the Packers visited week one, when Joe Barry is aggressive, I think this defense will work a lot better. There are moments and we saw it last year. Matt LaFleur said he had to get on him, go after them sometimes. Sometimes you can uh, give a one-on-one coverage on the back end with great corners and a great secondary to manufacture pressure, to scheme pressure. And against the Vikings, the Packers did not do it, and Kirk Cousins tore them apart. You then look at what happened to Cousins in Philly when they actually tried to pressure him. He looked like the worst quarterback in the NFL. This is one of those deals where while Brady is the best at reading defenses next to Peyton Manning, I don't know, ever, and Rodgers, all the great quarterbacks are, but scheming pressure, finding ways to get under Brady's, to get under his skin in a way, to get the Tampa Bay offense off schedule. Because if Brady can just hand it off to Fournette, hand it off to Fournette, dink and dunk down the field, that's when he's really tough to beat. So you're going to have to get him off schedule. The fact that this Tampa Bay offensive line has been poor so far this year and doesn't look to be getting much better, the fact they haven't passed for that many yards it's all, it's a run defense. It's a pressure kind of game. You're playing it in a phone booth. That's at least how I see this matchup playing out. In terms of yards allowed, uh, Tampa's defense has been quite good. Uh, 217 pass yards, though, they've been thrown on. Part of that is the game script, where when they get up, the other team is throwing a lot. Uh, only 85 rushing yards allowed. And their defense is just ferocious inside. Talking about Vita Vea, William Golston, uh, and linebacker Levante David, Devin White. Uh, Akeem Hicks looks like uh, I believe will not be playing as Bill has said seems like he never plays against the Packers but that's big news there him not being ready for this game Uh, it's one of those deals where the Packers need to be able to run the ball but if the Bucs are so good at stopping it the ball's in the hands of Aaron Rodgers what can he do with it and are there any explosive plays is there any consistency that comes from that so that's what I'm looking at 
from that side. Uh, I still, I don't know. My gut doesn't feel great about this football game, if I'm being completely honest. From the Packers side, 17 points a game so far this season, 16 and a half allowed. And the game script on these is quite weird where the Vikings, it's hard to look at these numbers through two weeks and take a lot of away, but you're looking at 404 total yards offensively, which is a little higher than I think many would realize. 247 passing yards a game, 157 on the ground, and then yards allowed. They've given up a lot of rushing yards, and we saw it with David Montgomery. We saw it a bit with Dalvin Cook week one. Uh, Leonard Fournette, you need to stop him. You need to tackle. It's it's a Devondre Campbell. It's a Quay Walker game on the inside there because, again, Brady can tear you apart if the running game's working. So how do you stop the Tampa offense? Pressure's obvious, but you need to stop Leonard Fournette first and foremost, where if you stop him and Brady has to play behind the sticks and convert third and eight, third and nine, third and ten, he just doesn't have the guys on the outside to do it, where there is a world of difference between a third and three with this Buccaneers offense and a third and seven where there normally is a difference, obviously when you're, you know, playing a football game, game planning, but especially this team with no weapons on the outside, this Bucks team, it's all about getting them off schedule. It's all about stopping Leonard Fournette question of, can they do it? Uh, can they improve upon last week's performance against David Montgomery, which wasn't great. Uh, let's say it as it is. There was one drive. I think the bears, somehow gained 105 rushing yards because they had penalties and just kept running and running and running some missed tackles in there, some long runs. So those are the storylines. I'm excited for this one. Uh, It's one of those, it's one of those appointment watching football games for those in this state, as well as those out Brady Rogers. How many more times are we going to see them face off? Can the Packers finally beat the bucks after a couple of years of struggles against them? It's interesting. I can't wait for it. That is coming up. Uh, on Sunday at 325 on Fox. I still, by the way, real quick, before we hit break, I still miss Joe Buck. Uh, I miss Troy Aikman. And many hate them, and I don't know why. But it's one of those deals where as soon as they're gone, they're going to be gone from the World Series too. You you realize how different it is without them calling that Fox game. Just had to throw that thought out there. 877-867-1670. More to come when we return. Matt Mitchell joins us in about 15 minutes. Bill will be back at 11. Uh, One, to talk to Pete Doherty, the Green Bay Press-Gazette, to move forward and preview these football games. But also, uh, we need to hear about the advertisement. That is what has taken up his morning. Pella Windows and Doors doing an ad in the Bill Michaels household. Interested to, to hear how that has gone. And to see, honestly, whether there's makeup on the face of one Bill Michaels when he comes on the live stream uh, coming up here in about 30 minutes. He'll be here at 11 o'clock. When we return, some Badgers Ohio State thoughts as well as much more. Prediction Friday. It is a football Friday on the Bill Michaels Show. We have more after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back in, Bill Michaels Show. I'm Ben Kenny. Bill will join us in about 20 minutes. Take us the rest of the way. Coming up next, about 15 minutes from now, Matt Mitchell, Action Network, breaks down the betting angles for the weekend, each of the matchups in this state, as well as his best bets. It is a football Friday. 
It is a prediction Friday. 877-867-1670 is how you get a hold of the program. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to John from Atlanta. John, what's up? Hey, Ben. Hey, love your show. Thanks for filling in. Enjoy it. Um, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I guess my, my take is, is probably identical to yours. It's really hard to have confidence, and, and I say that because, you know, when's the last time Rodgers played a really good game against a, a really good defense? I mean, mm. I almost want to say a decade. That might be a stretch. Um, but No, I would – real quick, I would go say. back through a lot of last year. Like, they were facing okay. really good defenses, and Rodgers was uh-huh. shredding it. It's not him against great defenses. It's him in Florida, uh-huh. which is hard to explain. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. and that's, I think that one takes the cake. But just overall, I just – I guess my biggest fear in this game is Rodgers gets, gets hurt. Um, I just think it's the defense that's coming after him. And Todd Bowles, uh, it's becoming like a lot of defensive coordinators. There's a lot of guys – I won't say that. It's, Todd Bowles is not scared of Aaron Rodgers, and neither is that defense. If anything, man, they're playing with house money, with how good they are against Rodgers. And I think uh, the running attack, I just don't think it has a chance against that D-line. Um, and will will LeFleur stay patient? Possibly. Um, but, I, yeah, I just worry. I, I, don't think, I don't think we have a chance. Um, and I'm not usually negative, but I think that's just the reality. But also, too, I'll throw this in there. What worries me about Packers' defense is they, they just haven't arrived yet. You know, I mean, we all know they're paper Tigers. I mean, that's, that's a given. But, you know, what's scaring me so far is the first couple weeks – Savage and Amos, I just don't trust them on the back end. Honestly, yeah. I just see a lot of whiffing. I see a lot of – and maybe that's uh, financial decisions or something or what do they call it, business decisions. But I just – our safety play is – it's just me. I just see it. It looks very iffy. And oh. I think Fournette can jump all over those. If they're going to whiff, Fournette's gone. You know? Oh, it's been surprising. Um, I would say the play of Adrian Amos has been really disappointing, especially so yeah. far this season. And part of that is yeah. the big coverage busts against Minnesota – Part of that I can sure. look at the lack of preseason play and point to that as a yeah. reason. But the missed tackles against Chicago and the alignment stuff, I'm with you. That's been concerning. That's why it's kind of a linebacker game for me where I, if yeah. the Packers win, it has to be Quay Walker's best game as a pro. Devondre Campbell has yeah. to get back to last year's form to not even let Fournette get to that level. Yeah, no, I agree. And let me just throw this in if I could. Yep. So, you know, with Rodgers, you know, obviously he hasn't been a big game quarterback against a really good defense in a big game for years. My question to that will always be, how much is it on Rodgers? I mean, in, in a sense, LaFleur's kind of getting the same MO in my mind. He's just not a big coach in a big game. So I guess my question is, you know, Rodgers has taken a lot of heat over the years of just not being a big game quarterback. How much is that on him? And then how much has it been on coaching? Um, I'll get to that. Appreciate uh, first sure. prediction for Sunday, and then I'll get to that because I think it's interesting. Okay, yeah, I, I'm going to go. I think it's similar to yours. I'm going to say got it, it's got to be low scoring. I'm going to go. Man, I want Green Bay to win, obviously, as much as the next guy. But I'm going to have to go Tampa. Uh, let's go. Uh, let's squeeze out 17, and Green Bay squeezes out 13. Let's go wow. 17, 13, Tampa. All right, the big yeah. under. Appreciate the phone call, man. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. The the big game thing. I mean. I don't put it all on Rodgers, and I would push back to say when we go back to the previous NFC Championship games, not even to the 2014 and and that era, but the recent stretch, I mean, the Atlanta one, the roster just wasn't really good enough. The defense could not stop a nosebleed. You go to the San Francisco one, the defense, what, they had 10, 11 yards per carry. Where those first two, I would definitely say they were outmanned, and I don't think even if Rodgers had played the best game ever, they would have uh, really stood a chance at stopping the other team. 
the Tampa game and the San Francisco game, I think it's legitimate. Uh, it's hard to argue, but in terms of him playing great against great defenses, it's happened throughout the regular season. He's won back-to-back MVPs for a reason. So it's not the fact that this defense is great. And I think he'll struggle because of that. It's just the Florida thing that I can't get over with him playing. And it, it just hasn't worked out throughout his career for whatever reason, whether it's the field in Tampa and all that stuff, uh, the defense needing to arrive a point that John hit 100% where uh, yes, they beat the Bears and the Bears offense doesn't scare you passing, but the Bears were able to have success on the ground. Uh, this defense, we have all projected it to be top five in the league. One of the best, probably the best secondary. Then they get the two first round picks on it. It's one of those deals. I This is a great game for it to arrive because if the Bucks are going to be outmanned and it's still Tom Brady and let's say in the world that the offense struggles, this still could be a game won by the defense. There's an avenue out there where the offense under Rodgers doesn't play game control, but maybe doesn't try to push it too much and relies on the defense to really put them in advantageous spots. This is the spot for the defense to come and arrive for the year. I think that was put very well. 877-867-1670. Let's go back to the phones quick. Kevin, Central Wisconsin. What's up, man? Hey, Ben. First of all, I thought you were a good guy, but when you said you like to have Buck and Aikman back. Oh boy. I, really? You're not a fan <laughs> I, of them. I, I, I don't know. Part oh, of gosh, it is no. baseball, like Joe Buck calling the world series. And he was kind of brutal in the early two thousands. I will admit that, but I think he's gotten so much better. And I think there's something to be said about calling every big game for every big sport, how much talent that takes. I've just, I've loved them calling football. I think kind of underrated. And I know everyone thinks they hate their team, but I don't know. I like them. Yeah, well, anyways, but um, I'm going to go start with you with the Badgers first because I know you're a big Badger fan, and and sometimes they don't get talked enough. Um, I was at the game last week uh, when they played New Mexico State. Yeah, it was it was that was a brutal game for New Mexico State, but <laughs> I I still don't have enough confidence in our offensive line yet. With you know, I think I think that uh, uh, Mertz is going to be running for his life, I think, on Sunday. I mean, I don't think Braylon Allen's going to get, get his yards he normally gets. Um, they got exposed big time against Washington State, and it's going to continue until they get something fixed. I mean, the defense might keep them in the game, but I really hope that they figure something out with that offensive line because I'm still – Still not co- comfortable with with that. I mean, I mean, Daniel Mertz has you know got a better ball he throws now. Uh, he's got a, you know that and Bell. <laughs> yeah, boy, he's he's a heck of a wide receiver. Big time game. I end. mean, New Mexico State did not even lay a finger on him in some of those mm-hmm. routes, which was alarming to see. But yeah, he's looked good. The offensive line stuff's interesting because I think Washington State's defensive front will prove to be a lot better than we thought. I underestimated them 100%. They were big. They were fast. They were really physical. And yes, the Badger offensive line kind of struggled. But the alignment, who's going to play is the biggest story for me. Because you look at the right side, they bring in uh, Tanner Bordellini and Trey Wedig there for Logan Brown and Fertney during the game last Saturday. And it looked a lot better. And I wonder yeah. what alignment they go with because Malman, the starting right tackle, is still out. It's a big day. We talk about the Packers' defense having to arrive. This is a big-time matchup for the O-line because Wisconsin doesn't win if they don't dominate. 
Yeah, that's 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 my biggest that's my biggest fear. Um, for score wise, for that one, you know, it's going to be high scoring, you know, especially in, uh, with Ohio State. I mean, I'm I'm probably looking. I mean, I think you said thirty four seventeen. I'm looking more on the line of maybe forty two forty two seventeen. I don't think they'll cover. Um, I just I, I, unless the offensive line shows up. I mean, that's going to be that's the that, that's going to be the I guess the star. That you have to look, you know, put down is the offensive line because you know the defense is going to be there. Our, I think our defensive backfield is unbelievable. Um, they, I think they, they had a, what at least two picks every game yep. so far this year. At Leads least one. So far. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. So I think our defensive backs are really good. Um, Give me the Packers real that, quick. I got to run here. Okay, Packers. I'm going to say Packers are going to be 28, 28, 17 Green Bay. So. Gotcha. Appreciate it, man. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the football. Hopefully, uh, wins are had. We're going to step away when we return. Matt Mitchell of the Action Network joins us to break down the betting angles of this weekend. That is next. It's the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. And we will hear uh, the story of the television cameras and the advertisement being filmed in uh, Mr. Bill Michaels' household, as well as Pete Doherty does join us also at 11 o'clock to preview Packers Bucks, give us the injury updates, all of the angles we need with that. Joining us now, though, when we look ahead to this weekend, Matt Mitchell, Action Network. Download the app. It's how you track your bets. It's how you track the scores. A lot of great podcasts there. Uh, The Action Network podcast talking NFL football. Matt Mitchell is with us, the audio director. Matt, it is a pleasure, and I need to lead off with a simple question. Should we bet on Graham Mertz this weekend? Uh, no, I mean you should never bet on Grammarts <laughs> under any circumstances ever. But this weekend, if you're looking to bet the Badgers, I would look at them first half because this could this could get dark early. Huh. But I think you know they're getting a lot of points. It's getting a little out of control. I have a lot of respect for obviously defensive coordinator Jim Leonard, so I think they can hang early and try to bleed this out. But you know if they fall down 14 early, it's curtains. Yeah, I'm with you. It's a team that can't really play from behind well against Ohio State. So the Mm -hmm. hope is they don't have to early. Because last year when they had to play from behind, like Notre Dame, we saw how it went. So I'm with you. Though, I will note, Graham Mertz looks terrific. And he might be my only uh, area of confidence with the offense. And how do the... uh, So when the line goes that high, I think it opened at 16 and a half. It was at... Uh, 14 and a half during the off season when it gets up to 19 and near 20, is that just all sharp money and public money all over Ohio state? Or are there tangible things that maybe happen to move it? Yeah. When the numbers that high, it can always be a variety of factors. This one feels more like we're getting closer to kickoff square money's coming in and it's, you know, no sharp money's buying back on Wisconsin. That might change closer to kick. My guess is that will certainly change if we touch 20, but we're at 19. I would be surprised if it goes any higher. If it goes higher, I would probably buy it or buy the first half if you can get 10. 
because that's that's a, still an awful lot of points for a team that can run the ball and uh, for a game that you don't expect to see a billion points. Yeah, the hope is it's a phone booth game. That's really what yeah. I hold out. Uh, Packers Bucks coming up. The line has moved with the news of Mike Evans as well as other injuries and the Tampa Bay receiving room. It was two and a half. It is now even Packers at the Bucks. How do the markets view this game and how do your great colleagues at Action Network view it? I will say, I do want to point out one thing I've heard a lot is, you know, kind of in recent weeks, enormous, you know, quote, enormous swings between one team being favored by one or two, moving to the other team being favored by one and two. We know from our sportsbook partners, those swings are actually pretty mild um, compared to moving over a team from three to four, for example, yeah. because that's, uh, that's, that's showing a lot more um, volatility. But in terms of this game, fascinating matchup in the last 20 years. Brady and Rodgers are the most profitable quarterbacks in the NFL against the spread. Brady has won and covered the last three against Rodgers, but this, this Buccaneers offense is the worst of any 2-0 team. Todd Bowles taking over for Bruce Arians is having clearly a positive impact on the defense. He was already there, but not any kind of positive impact on that offense. Rodgers is historically tremendous as an underdog, but not in the first four weeks of the year. He's only five and eight against the spread as a dog early in the year. But I will, I will know. I think my favorite is, you know, nobody likes returning from uh, a road trip more than the, you know, super wealthy Tom Brady at home in the last 20 years. He's 28 and 12 against the spread coming off consecutive road games. He's six and one straight up and against the spread with the bucks in that spot. He's old. He likes his mansion. He likes his stuff. He likes his robot butlers or whatever he has. So that's one that is kind of swaying me in a game with a, a total this low. I'm prone to take the under 42. I think it's going to be a bloody slug test. I, I, I think it's too close to call. If, you're, if people feel really confident on a side, I tend not to trust them in this one. Yeah, I also am with you on the under. I think it is a phone booth game, literally, with maybe the lack of what Tampa can do, passing the football deep. Maybe Brady comes back from the road trip and Giselle's happier at home, and that makes him play better. Who knows? There's that angle that, you know, has kind of been under the surface on TMZ throughout this offseason. <laughs> when we look at the rest of the NFL slate and maybe even college football, what are the best bets? What are the lines you're eyeing? There's, there's one that I do like, and it's the, it's the Rams over the Cardinals. Sean McVay, he just owns the Cardinals, and he owns Cliff Kingsbury. He's 10-1 straight up against the Cardinals in his coaching career with the Rams, 9-1-1 against the spread, his most profitable profitable opponent by far. Sean McVay is actually smart. Cliff Kingsbury is fake smart. He's left every um, head coaching position, college and pro, worse than when he found it. He's, I think he's in the process of doing that now. So I, I feel very confident that Sean McVay will have his way with the Cardinals, and that line right now is... Uh, I saw three and a half a little earlier half. in the oh, week. Three, three, I, I mean, I'd take that. Anything under a touchdown, I, I would lay an alt line on that. I think they're looking to exercise some demons there. And then if you're looking for an underdog pick, it's a kitchen sink week. These teams that are 0-2, they're going to throw everything they've got. These are professionals. They don't want to go 0-3. They know their season's cooked if that happens. And it's stinky. But the Indianapolis Colts returning home. Catching now five and a half. They opened at seven. A lot of money on the Colts. It's a little trendy for my taste. I'm hearing a lot of people on the same thing. But they get a couple of crucial players back from injury. And they don't even need to win the game. They just need to lose respectably. In this one, um, Patrick Mahomes is actually a very bad quarterback against the spread as a big favorite. 
especially on the road. So I am leaning on the Indianapolis Colts in a game I'm too scared to watch. Yeah, that's a you bet it and then you don't turn it on the TV and you and you look at the score yep. when the game ends kind of kind of deal. I throw up just throw a blanket over the whole television just to make sure you don't accidentally watch it. Just like <laughs> Graham Mertz. All right, that's unnecessary. I uh, how about and this could include college as well an underdog of the week, an upset where maybe they cover and win outright in the NFL or in college that you guys are eyeing. Uh, it's not going to be fun for anybody, but at, at our college football podcast, Big Bets on Campus, we are big fans this week of the UTEP Miners, Miner Nation. They are pretty sizable underdogs this week, and they are returning home to beautiful El Paso where they play a, a pretty fraudulent Boise State Broncos team. We all like the Miners a lot. I believe they're catching something like 16 and a half. Let me confirm. They are catching... Uh, 16, um, and that game is tonight, so I wish people the best of luck. 8 o'clock kick. Uh, get your pickaxes and strap up with Minor Nation. <laughs> Love it. Last one real quick. My favorite game of the weekend, not including a team from this state, Iowa at Rutgers. Will there be more punts or points in this football game? I would take the under down to 7. I don't, I don't know how many points are going to get scored in this one. Probably more fun. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I, the under, over-under is 34, so that's 17 safeties and maybe one field goal to, <laughs> to hit it over. Matt, appreciate it as always. We will talk on Monday to recap the weekend. Good luck. There he is, Matt Mitchell, Action Network. He is on Twitter at Mitch. Go to actionnetwork.com, download the app. A lot of great stuff betting-wise. That's how you get the edge. Action Network. Matt Mitchell joining us. When we return, Bill Michaels is back. That's next. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.